electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber has the morning off. December jobs are light at 199K, but yields really zeroing in on the unemployment rate, 3.9, lowest in almost two years. Five-year yield hits 1.5, and POTUS is going to speak at 10.45 Eastern. Our roadmap begins with the jobs data. We'll get the first response from the White House this hour. Return of the meme trade. GameStop surges on this news of an NFT marketplace and that COVID testing shortage. Abbott Labs trying to boost its test production to 100 million a month. We're going to start, though, with the jobs number. As we said, 199K. Unemployment falls to 3.9, Jim. We mentioned the yield response. Uh, futures now implying a 90% chance of a March hike. Well, geez, I mean, we are at full employment. One of the things that there's 11 million job openings in this country. Uh, probably the best job market I've ever seen, but maybe too hot, obviously. There are a lot of people in our universe who say, well, wait a second. Uh, there are too many openings. I think that Jay Powell is much more of a humanist and says, this is great. Uh, let's find out what happens with Omicron. And then if we have to, then we will have to take action. I think you look at this and, and you deal, let's say, anecdotally and empirically with Omicron. We really don't know what's going to happen in January. But these numbers are red hot. They are. They're just red hot. Yeah. Uh, labor force participation really didn't budge. Uh, earnings came in hot. Uh, above yeah. expectations and above the prior? Look, it's, it's, it's a halcyon time for, uh, for people looking for a job, but it's also what they're ending up paying at the store is too much. Now, I was doing some work with cornflakes uh, yesterday. I mean, you know, you got to switch to generic. It, cornflakes are too expensive. And I'm using cornflakes because that's probably the base staple, you know, it's a staple in this country. And they're just out of control. Uh, and that's just because of the plastic inside. It's because of the, of the actual cornflake. It's because of the box, which come down a little bit. It's because of the transportation. So I'm using it as a metaphor to say, holy cow. Wow. Well, we're going to talk about two downgrades for Starbucks today, in yes. large part because of pricing pressures and how that's going to affect their timing on a operating margin target, for example. Look, I think that Starbucks is dealing with Omicron in a very logical way, which is that let's say there are three Starbucks around. I mean, if you can get full staff for one of them, move other baristas, then that's what you do. Now, the Buffalo people, the union, and I know that's one store, they've been on strike because they say they're working too hard uh, because of the shifts. I will say that that when we all, all of us are seeing the same thing in the country, which is that the stores that we thought that were open at nine are open at 10. The restaurants that we thought were open at seven, they're open at nine. The ones that are open, that is. So, I mean, I think Jay Powell is going to have to say, listen, we, we, we can't really move just yet because too many of my friends are not going to work. So you don't, you don't think March is in the bag? I think that we have to see how bad things really are in the economy. If this thing continues, CDC's lost control. Uh, it is a little walking dead-like, frankly, with the CDC. I'm not sure there is control. 
well, of this they, thing in, 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 in the realm of well, the possible. Look, there's no test out. Right. Right. Uh, the days that, that uh, Dr. Walensky said you don't have you can go or five, six. Those are horrendous days. How that ever happened is beyond me. I don't know anyone who advised her that five, six was a good day and no test out. That's when you have that second line in the Abbott Labs. We talk about that. The second line is radiating. It's bright red. And so I, I we're all good. It's kind of like they said, let's just get it. Uh, I know MTA, the subway operator here in New York City, yesterday said that 20 percent of subway operators are absent this week. Uh, The cover of papers this morning in San Francisco, Boston, Chicago schools are closed again today, all because a fifth of workers are not in. Well, you have to you're basically telling you quarantine. In the meantime, they're still checking your card on vaccines. I mean, the vaccine doesn't really it's how the vaccine makes it so that you're sick. But since Walensky has allowed us to be able to say, whether you're you're supposed to look at yourself and say whether you feel good. Uh, It it is impossible to figure out what to do. I mean, I'll tell you, I want to contrast this with Mexico. Yesterday, Constellation Brands on, they have Modelo and and, and they have Corona. They have 99% testing, a 99% vaccine, and they have no absenteeism uh, because the, the the reverence for doctors and the medical profession is much higher in Mexico. And the doctors, which they have once right at the at the breweries, are saying, listen, you got to do it. And 99 percent. We do not have that in this country. No, we have a huge distrust of the vaccine, yes. of science, uh, and a lot of that generating from the state level, uh, masking. It's uh, there's a lot of, lot of friction. I mean, what a change in, from when I was growing up in my, I remember my father saying, look, you got to be a doctor because smart people are doctors. And I got to be in biology. And he basically said, well, you're kind of an idiot. <laughs> uh, I, I went. I went in the morning. It was with uh, El, uh, with uh, Prof- Professor Wilson, who did the bio- social biology new synthesis. And what I reminded in this country is where they are in Mexico, which is the public health system is revered and the doctors revered, and it's a very different scene down there. And they're not having the production problems where. So uh, I guess that leads us to you're going to keep buying the banks. Absolutely. Keep buying energy. Yeah, more than ever. At the expense of tech. Yeah. I mean, energy is it had one great year, but it's still up from nothing. And you look at what's the highest yielding segment in the economy. Well, you have to look at the variable yields that Devin. Great interview yesterday in the afternoon with uh, Scott Sheffield from Pioneer. I apologize. I think it was was Kel. Uh, But, you know, you're listening to these people. And what they're basically telling you is we're not doing what we used to do. We're actually like looking at the market. We're holding back a little. We're returning to shareholders. Oh, what great Devin is such a great stock. Chapel Trust owns Chevron. Fantastic stock. Pioneer is great. Fang, the right Fang this year so far is Diamondback. These companies are spewing cash. The Permian's on fire. And look at that. Look at that's Rick Moncrief. I went on a helicopter with Rick Moncrief when he worked for Continental. I mean, the guy is just a king. He ran WPX. They merged with Devin. WPX was a fraction size of Devin. He took over Devin. Devin's the number one performing stock last year, and it could be it again. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Got WTI uh, above 80 this morning. Uh, uh, yeah. Gasoline futures were on fire yesterday. As for the banks, uh, thanks to Lizanne Saunders, KBW uh, versus NDX, best week in almost two decades. Two decades. Almost two decades. Yes. Well, you're, that's when you were talking about shooting fish in a barrel. When the, that was when, what, when Green, let me see, no, that, was been, that would have been the period, when you think about it, where they decided to flood the system with liquidity in order to save the banks, and the first time save the banks, not 2009 save the banks. But, you know, you look at when Citi's up, I mean, you got to, like, that's, that, 
Mike, Mike Mental. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's ja- the Jaguars. Yep. That's the Jaguars in the playoffs. Yep. Somebody this week said that a chart of JPM looks like NVIDIA in 2021. <laughs> yes, now you're talking. A JPM. There was a downgrade earlier this week for JPM, and I, I just wanted to reach in and tell the analysts. See, Kelp. You know, yeah, just this is a really good time for you to think about alternate professions. <laughs> like, you know, maybe there's so I, a lot of waiters I need at my, my place. Yeah. Meanwhile, the meme stocks are once again a topic. A GameStop surging in the pre-market. The journal says that the video game retailer launching a division to develop a marketplace for NFTs established cryptocurrency partnerships as they try to turn a profit after years of losses. Now, let's be clear. You've been all over this story for, what, eight months? I think in February I said that they should do this. At one point I was so disgusted with how angry people were, how fanciful, how I was just a fictional player, that I knew nothing when I kept saying they got to get into NFTs, they got to get into crypto, they got to become the place for crypto. You have to start winning. You have to do gaming palaces, and the people who win are paid in NFT. And, Carl, I was ridiculed. I was laughed at. There's not a monument for me. There's nothing. But I did tell you in April in total discuss, enough already. This is what has to happen. So when, all right, when do we start seeing the fruits of this labor? Instantly, because it was pretty easy to do. My plan was, was to put in action six weeks. You think we see it this quarter? Oh, yeah. It's a Q1 story? Oh, it's an easy story. I mean, if they follow my game plan, yeah, they can get this done by, by March. There was nothing really to it. I mean, all you got to do is go to, and by the way, you do the gaming palaces. They're a problem for Omicron. We can't do that part yet. But what we'll do is we'll do the, uh, we can set, we can have rewards in NFT right now. And you can also be the crypto bank for young people, which is, remember, the, the intersection between crypto bank, crypto for young people and gaming is almost 100%. If you look at the NVIDIA keynote at CES, it's just the people who are interested in crypto. Actually, even, you know, NVIDIA, the cards that are gaming are also used for crypto. So it made so much sense that even Ryan Cohen figured it out. Yeah, well, uh, gaming involves currencies. you got to get stuff uh, to use stuff. Uh, and you addressed this last night on Mad Money. Take a listen to this. Carl, here's what I know about GameStop. The stores are not where the action is. But if if Cohen were to take up my my bank of Ethereum, that he just does crypto banking in all the different stores, they, don't worry, he's going to do this. And then he's going to take credit. And the Wall Street bets people are going to say it was all their idea. But they have to use, they have to go crypto, Carl. Wow. April of uh, last year. Yeah. You know, blind squirrel finds nut. But there is a, an element that this was the, this was the idea, and it's not up enough to reflect this. This is too big an opportunity. Young people are too. If you go look at Robin, the pastiche of Robinhood's business, it's, there's so much of it's Dogecoin. I think Ryan Cohen and his people are all very, very good at you know they're they're Amazon, Google kind of people. They will teach young people to, to step up and start buying some buy some buy some more serious ones. Uh, it will become in every mall. And everyone will be lines just to talk about and figure out what to do. Mm. They will become, if they do the game plan, they will become the authority. And like the coin bases of the world, oh, please. We did have an upgrade of coin earlier in the week yeah. on revenue diversification away from crypto. Right. And, and by the way, Bitcoin's at a three-month low this morning. Well, what a great time to get in. I mean, it's, they didn't catch the high. Uh, if, if Ryan Cohen starts the plan now, and I'm believing Ryan's running it, and I'm not being facetious. I mean, I was facetious last year, and everyone thought I was being facetious. But, you know, you go into, the, they'll convert the stores one by one. They'll do some pilot stores, and then we'll all get very excited about it. And we'll realize that the Coinbase's were basically um, the brick and mortar 
to the, I mean, actually, in this case, believe me, the brick and mortar entry from GameStop is going to be right to the web. Uh, and I just think I'm very excited about GameStop. So here. do you think this very is excited. the best use case you've seen so far for, uh, for uh, maybe NFTs, maybe crypto? Yes, large. because gamers, look, if you go back to the NVIDIA keynote, they got 33 million, they, 330 million people were gaming. OK, just a huge percent, 10 percent of this country's gaming. These are people who want to shift very much and want to learn more about crypto and want to be paid in crypto for gaming. And when Omicron blows over, they can take all those Searses and the JCPenney's that they don't want anymore and they can open the gaming palaces that I want. And when the gaming palace, you paid in Ethereum, if you win, we do it kind of like the way DraftKings does with the Millie or with the single draft entry for D- single entry for DFS. And it's going to be. It's going to be brilliant. Interesting. So you see a real estate play in here. Oh, God, you, you yeah. You think I mean, GME it, gets back to prior highs? No, well, that's hard because it was at 400. But yeah, I ripped I off, when I ripped off the cat there, that was a seminal moment for me at 400. But I do think that what will happen is, is that they'll make a deal with Salter uh, for authentic brands. They'll get that thing going. They'll go to Simon Properties. Now, David Simon's one of the tough people in the world. He'll drive a hard bargain. But they now are they can feel, they can be the open space in the malls and be all set when Omicron blows over, which, according to Dr. Gottlieb, is going to be rather soon. Is it a stretch then to say that this is going to expand the meme story again to I wish it would. No, I mean, maybe after I do my, my how to do Twitter over tonight. Yes. And by the way, I'm I'm talking Bed Bath and all the other see Bed Bath. They don't really understand those companies that Bed Bath actually had a decent quarter, but they don't know. Uh, March expansion. December was really terrific. Uh, Triton had a Triton did a good job last night. Uh, no, they're single. These guys are single. They're like single issue politicians. They, I begged them to spread out. I've also told Vlad, you know, the impaler. He's impaled everybody on GameStop and Dogecoin. He, the, the ten, Vlad Tenev, that they have to get more. They got to educate their people more. Now, does Vlad listen to me and take orders? He'd rather listen to Portnoy. I, I got to, like, wring his neck to get him focused on what he has to focus on. Yeah. I'm so old. I do this all the you, time. You, you, you do your best to, to help. I'm trying to help these guys. Yes, They're children. Vlad is a child. I mean, I love Vlad. Uh, as, he has children. As for Bed Bath, I think we do have some sound as well. This is from last night, I believe. Take a listen. We are investing our CapEx, which we've laid out very clearly, in the infrastructure to build for our three-year plan. Remember, we're only three quarters into a three-year plan. So we believe when we look at the long-term value of our stock, its current value is undervalued, and both our board and management team construct the ability to invest on behalf of the shareholder in what we think is going to be a very profitable outcome. Okay, so 24% short, billion dollars in cash, no debt, market cap of 1.3, Bye-bye, baby, worth 1.3, which is growing at double-digit comp. I told him yesterday, if he doesn't break this thing up, he's crazy. Uh, Harman is a very good outfit. It's kind of a junior Ulta. Uh, and you could close all the – they are starting to close a lot more bed bass, which is what I wanted to do. Uh, he's got a plan. The pl- he's going to continue to buy back stock. They have enough money to buy back stock and do like the Chelsea. The Chelsea bed bath is so beautiful. This is a buy. But remember, you got to be patient because – uh, he doesn't have the infrastructure or the systems to make this thing work instantly. So in other words, all the point of sale stuff that we always hear about at, at all the great stores, yep. they, he had nothing. They're basically doing their inventory by hand, like my dad at Gimbel's Aberdeen's. That's That was a while ago. Yeah. Um, take a look at work. futures. We're going to speak in the retail. We'll get to a bunch of calls this morning, including a downgrade of Kohl's and Abercrombie and Canada Goose. Meanwhile, got some other calls on Delta, Visa, Honeywell, uh, AT&T. Disca and some gaming, MGM Caesars. More Squawk on the Street continues in a moment.
Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Our team has found a way to get $70 million done in the, in, in the month of January. And I'm pushing my team here to say, okay, what do we need to do to be able to get to $100 million a month? So I think what we'll see is continuing ramp up from our side. That's Abbott. So Robert Ford, an interview with John Ford at CES, which you can catch uh, the full conversation today on Tech Check at 11 a.m. Eastern time, talking about um, the Binax production. Meanwhile, the Lingo platform sounds really interesting, being able to, you with a wearable, measure your lactate Wasn't that or cool? your blood glucose or your alcohol level. That's the next level of the Libra, which they have, which I think is such a great uh, uh, device. I-, I think Abbott's firing all cylinders. There are people who keep saying once Omicron blows through, then they'll have made millions of tests. Remember, they offered the government millions of tests. Government wasn't that interested. Uh, by the way, they, Pfizer wanted them, the government to be very involved with the pill. But our government said, no, we're vaccine-oriented. Now, the behind the scenes, the mistakes that the government's making are legion. I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. But uh, I think that when President Biden said he could have $500 million, I don't think they coordinated that with Abbott Labs. Now, Abbott was doing two plants 24-7, doing $50 million. Now they should be up to $70 million this month. We obviously have much more demand for that. The other guys are very small, and the FDA has not allowed overseas tests to come here. Uh, and it's difficult. At a federal level and a state level, DeSantis in Florida is being taken to task for allowing hundreds of thousands of tests to expire in a warehouse in yeah. Florida. Well, in the end, the great Walensky ruined it by saying, listen, you don't have to test out anyway. So, I mean, you test in, you stay home, and you're not, and you're still very, very infectious. And now you're allowed to go back to work, even though you feel good. So, we're 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 really, if you 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 couldn't screw this. I'm honestly, it's very hard to imagine how to screw this up more than they have. Well, what's hard for me to imagine is a situation in which you would have given them credit because the situation is so impossible. The situation is impossible, but they did have uh, the 10-day test out would have been great had there been enough tests. Because that is, you really would have gotten people not infectious. But they were worried about the healthcare workers. Uh, and then I, the people I deal come back and say we're giving Dr. Walensky pushback was like, well, listen, if you get people this sick because you let them out after five, six days, then there's going to be even more demand for healthcare workers. And we're going to have to have the Department of Homeland Security get involved and, and ration healthcare. 
uh, through a plan that was talked about in Washington Post. It was availed by Dr. Faust on Mad Money. Yes, I think you could. It's hard not to be more even critical. I just think that a choice of just being vaccine oriented and not Pfizer pill oriented was a mistake. Then the defense, Dr. Topol came on, I think he's the best follow on this, and said that the Pfizer pill is not a hard molecule, unlike what President Biden said. And if the defense production, if they were just to say, listen, every drug maker has to make this pill, then we would have enough on hand by March to make it so that we could blow through this. Yeah. Stat News has a good piece out this morning about Paxlovid uh, availability. State of Alabama, you want to know how many cases or courses were delivered this week, first week of availability? 180,000? 780. 780 courses. 780,000 courses? No, no, no. 780. That's like a block yeah. in, what is that, Mississippi? It's a block of all, you know, maybe a Mississippi State and Ole Miss fighting got, over that. Got to ramp it up. Ramp it wow. up. Wow. Okay, there's a great country. We're, th- we're a first we're world work, country. We're working on it. You know we're first world country. We're working on it. Uh, Still to come this morning, we'll get White House reaction to the jobs number. We're going to talk to Cecilia Rouse, chair of the President's Council of Economic Advisors, as futures did get dinged a bit on the jobs number, but didn't really move a whole lot. Again, that five-year yield at 1.5, looking at the highest level since early 2020. Back in a moment. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older like a family vacation or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. We mentioned some downgrades this morning, including Starbucks, both at RBC and Oppenheimer. Ongoing price pressures uh, raise questions about the timing of their operating margin target. Starbucks down almost 3%. Only T-Mobile is the biggest, is the bigger S&P laggard this morning. We're going to get the opening bell in just over five minutes. Don't go anywhere. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as you we know, count down to the opening bell. One of my favorite analysts is Adam Jonas over at Morgan Stanley. One, because he's very forward-looking. Two, because he's also hilarious. Now, he has been saying that Rivian is, as we know, the one. Now, Rivian, the one, has been going down. But he talks about managing expectations, give a couple of thoughts. And he mentions one on chewing glass. Elon Musk famously said that running a start, a start, stop starting one is, it's starting... <laughs> I love this. By the way, he says, you are glass chewing, and glass chewing never ends if you're doing a startup. Uh, he's reminding people how hard the road's going to be for Rivian. And he's saying, yes, Amazon does not have, it's not an exclusivity. Others, Amazon can trade away. But the most important thing that he says that I think is, uh, while 2022 will see ups and downs, while in a ramp mode, we think Rivian is the one. To be included any in any diversified EV portfolio. He's sticking by the concept of the one. I've never seen an analyst in my life do this. I've never, never. 
I've never seen one call stock the one. There is no analyst like Adam Jonas. Nobody like Jonas. Now, we, I have to congratulate Jonas because Jonas in the whole field of people has distinguished himself as, as being able to say, look, I have a very, th- I don't know if you've ever seen his fireside chats. He is the most thoughtful analyst about this. So people may think I'm being facetious about it. No, I think that Rivian, which by the way, Ford is a gigantic slug and don't forget they can sell that eventually. But Rivian is his creation. Rivian the stock. Yeah. Rivian the car well, company. We got a lot of mileage out of that when he initially called it the one. But don't you think that's important? You know, I'm, I wonder what you make of, you know, people said, oh, the, the Amazon relationship is, is a trump card. But Affirm and Rivian have not made hay of, of an Amazon relationship for the past few months. No, I mean, one of the things that Amazon would tell you if they were here is, look, we'll take every single EV that we can get from anyone. And if we get it from Rivian, that's fine. Uh, I think the seminal moment for, to me, when Rivian became the two, was when Ford Motor said we're a competitor. That was really important. Now, look at Farley, uh, Jim Farley. Now, interestingly enough, the one analyst has a sell on Ford. Now, I've chided him in person about yes, that, but he has a sell on it. I would rather have been in Ford during his period than, than Rivian. Yeah. I wonder um, at what point Jonas does a mea culpa on, on that underweight. Yeah. But we'll see. He is so He'll nice. He'll be on again in a he few weeks. He is really sure. nice. <laughs> There's the opening bell on the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. The big board today, it's Black Spade Acquisition celebrating a SPAC listing at the NASDAQ. Also via SPAC Virgin Orbit Holdings, operator of the air launch system that sends satellites to low Earth orbit. And we are going to talk to founder Sir Richard Branson and Orbit CEO Dan Hart in about half an hour. Okay. Well, SPACs were very 2021, and a lot of people lost a lot of money. We happen to have a fabulous SPAC index at CNBC. We also have a fabulous millennial index. And you'll see in the SPAC index a series of companies that have no sponsorship whatsoever. So the big, uh, so the analysts that say the Ohio Teachers Pension Fund, they have no way to analyze the SPACs. So they don't own them. I don't think people realize the importance of having an analyst at a couple of brokerage houses that you can talk to to say, how are things going? Uh, it, it doesn't happen. That's why you'll see something that's terrific like Symbol Kind next door. It's at seven bucks. Why? Well, you know, it's a SPAC. Even though it's Sarah Fryer, the unbelievable uh, at one point uh, person in te- technology at Goldman, then Salesforce, uh, it, she was at Square, and now no one cares, which is amazing because it's a really good company. Yeah. Um, Look at that. And they keep pumping these out. It's like, hey, I'm a sucker. Hit me again. It's like the P.T. Barnum. We'll call it the P.T. Barnum, Barnum Index. Windows shutting, though, Look at this. you would argue. This company is fantastic. Next door, let's get that chart up again so people can see what a great company looks like that's a SPAC that should have been an IPO. It would have had people who were uh, clamoring for it. But I've been using Endeavor, which is our agent, and uh, and Dutch Bros as two companies that were, that were not done this way during this period that are extraordinarily good. But SPACs, look at that. That should never have been a SPAC for episode. Yeah. Well, we're going to see how uh, how it weighs on the overall IPO market. Uh, maybe there's a better argument for IPOs as a tool. There sure is. Yeah, in the future. And I think that that's what we have to go back to. Uh, it, it's really vital to have analysts that we can talk to about things. I happen to like Blade very much. I think it's good. They have a really good model. I, I wrote some very positive things about it, and it fell. It was a tree in the woods. Just a tree in the woods. Right. right. 
Uh, it's hard to get coverage. Yep. Um, we've talked a lot about media names. Discovery Week today, it's almost 20% gain. And today, B of A uh, ups to buy 45 target with the right management. We believe the new Warner Brothers Discovery will have the combination of, of assets to make it a global media powerhouse. I, I thought that was a pretty good note. Very thoughtful. Uh, made me think that stocks come down a lot. Now it's going back up. That it made me think I wish I had David right, right now because I don't want to lose my skepticism of what happened with ATT, which I started liking in 24. But I think Discovery is really good with very good management. It's a nice long-term I think it's a nice long-term situation in a, in, an, in a period where I don't tend to like that kind of programming. I mean, I like sports programming. I think that's the only programming that people can really get their arms around. And, and some people are kind of junking it up by having a lot of different. Like, I get the sports alerts, and it'll be like, you know, so-and-so had a fist fight in Brazil, and this guy won. And that's a sport. Well, how about the New York Times athletic deal? Right? They overpaid by, I'm swear, by $500 million they overpaid. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You see, it was like eight times sale. Now, that, did someone, did someone like bet that? <laughs> I mean, it's like journalists. Well, it, it was not a huge premium on prior rounds for no, the, but for the it, athletic. But vet it. I mean, we won gambling. The athletic is about journalism. Yes. It's like, wow. By the way, mo- <laughs> mobile gaming comes to New York State tomorrow. Yeah, but it's not being done through the traditional outlets, which means it's going to be stillborn, I think. But I was shocked. The Athletic, I, I really like the Times management. They are very good. But this was, they, they are too in love with journalism, maybe perhaps because they are journalists. A uh, bunch of travel names are at the top this morning, including names like Carnival and Royal Caribbean, even after Hindenburg yesterday says we're short. Uh, the model is challenged, too much debt, pricing risk, demand risk, and CDC risk. Well, people love to cruise. They love it. And I look, I happen to love the Hindenburg guys. And I do think that too many times people, think about it. How many times have we seen these prices? Royal Caribbean did a big, uh, a big offering at 90. But Norwegian Cruises, it, on 20, on 20, if you looked at 2023 bookings, I think you'd be in shock about how well they're doing. Bookings. bookings. I mean, it's not, they're not, not on the boat yet. No, not on the boat yet. And well, the great Walensky said, whoa, the CDC, whoa, boy. I keep referring that. I remember that scene in, in the second year of Walking Dead. They just wanted to get to the CDC. And, that, that, and remember, I think the CDC in Walking Dead was every bit as effective as the current CDC. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it has. I mean, hasn't really dinged uh, the industry at least since that that last missive came out. No, of the I, mean, I was speaking to Frank recently about doing a cruise, uh, doing a, an event on a cruise, and <clears throat> this, it was a event. Actually, what I was debate, talking about was doing a, the cl- the club, the CNBC Investing Club, maybe doing cruise. And the reason I said that is because that's what Lou Rukeyser did in the cruises. Lou said that the cruises were the late Lou was amazing. He said, Jim, you got to get into cruises eventually. And so I, you know, it's you can do it. And it's uh, it's an interesting thing because people want to cruise so badly, they'll go listen to you on a cruise. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I don't share the negativity. I don't want to buy them right now. But right. think about how well they hold up in the midst of what is a tsunami of, yeah. of contagion. Uh, same thing with Delta. Uh, close to six-week highs today. B of A goes to buy 48. Our first buy of a network carrier since the pandemic. I saw that. I was surprised that they wanted to do that. I would have waited, but I think that... The, it's a good good analyst and just wants to get ahead of what will be the turn in travel. Against that, there was a downgrade of Visa today that, that I didn't like because I think there's going to be a lot of cross Oh, yes, Mizuho goes yeah, to was, neutral. Yeah. You don't down, You never downgrade Visa. Never. I mean, maybe in the event of thermonuclear war. 
Um, I'm looking for what they said about it uh, earlier this morning. Um, Yeah, our view, COVID has dramatically and likely permanently shortened the cash-to-card conversion runway. No? (laughs) Okay. I mean, you know, this is the same person, I think, that that said that, what, that Square was going, like, they're invoking, like, Alexander Hamilton. (laughs) Interesting. The greatest bank, J.P. Morgan. Look, actual living J.P. Morgan at the time. Look, I I have to tell you that when I look at these, uh, the buy now, don't pays, and all those other stocks, you come back and Chow Trust owns MasterCard. MasterCard, these are companies that have survived everything. And they always come out ahead because they have great business models. Al Kelly at Visa is very good. Michael Meebach at, at, at MasterCard is extraordinary. Uh, they're both buys. Um, really quick, on the reopening uh, front, MGM and, uh, and Caesars are named top picks at Wells. Their general point, Jim, is that Macau is basically the last great yeah. reopening play. Uh, but it's still very uncertain how the Chinese are going to handle. And look at these new cases in Shenzhen uh, uh, we've seen and last couple days. That's a very good piece. You want to be in those. My, my travel trust is in win. That's wrong. Uh, I had thought that this would have, that the lockdown would have made it so they could do something. It, no, I mean, win is not doing well. And, and MGM is a better buy than, than win. And Caesars is a better buy than win. Now, I mean, travel trust owns it. You don't have to, everything doesn't have to be right instantly, but. The Caesars, at, even after this run, is good. I, I don't really know how well Caesars gambling is doing. Uh, but gambling can be very lucrative. It's just that there's so many companies in it. DraftKings, you know, I was starting to think there'd be a bottom, but then I saw Kathy Woodsman buying it, and that means, like, oof. Oof. Uh, Arc, <clears throat> Arc at its low yesterday, uh, nearing a 48% drawdown. 48. Yeah. It was two, it's like buy one, get one. With the, uh, yeah. with the serial companies. Um, speaking of China, I thought of you yesterday because Goldman had a note. They say, is China investable? We'd say yes. If, you, if your universe uh, is more than just ADRs, because they are still thinking about delisting risk. Right. Well, the, some of the companies, they want a, a vibrant middle class. Uh, President Xi's not, you know, he has, he, he's a little bit up for election in November, believe it or not. And they have 800 million in it, and he doesn't want rich people. Uh, because they're a challenge to his regime. So uh, I think in that environment, uh, you're invest- investing with a totalitarian, tyrannical government. And I think that when Goldman says that they're buys, you know, there are countries that we've seen over time that are dictatorships. And you just the government risk is too great. Uh, meantime, back in this country, that jobs number, as we said earlier, 199,000 added in December. Unemployment down to 3.9 as the country continues to grapple with the massive surge in COVID cases. Joining us this morning with the first response from the Biden administration is White House Council of Economics Advisors Chair uh, Cecilia Rouse. Uh, Cecilia, it's great to have you back. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time looking at the high frequency jobs number, uh, ADP, home base, paychecks, jolts. And then this payroll number comes along and and confuses everyone. Do you think it's time to start looking past the payroll number? Well, I think the payroll number is still the gold standard. But as you reflect, one, it looks back. It's looking at December, the week of December 10th in particular. And I think, you know, all of the statistical agencies have had some challenge collecting their data during this pandemic. But I think the number is still reliable. Uh, The BLS uses reliable sources. And I think it still gives us one piece of what is happening in our in our economy. So assuming that it's a it's a legit number we can trust, what it, what accounts for the weakness versus consensus? Is it about uh, self-employment? Is there some sort of Omicron dynamic that's just flushing through uh, the data? 
So the employment number that we that we focus on every every month, so that 199,000 jobs is from payroll data, and that is a different concept than what we get when we go out and survey people about the number of jobs that they may be holding or what they may be doing during their week. And so it reflects a different concept. It reflects the number of people that employers have on their payrolls during a particular week. Again, it's an important piece of data. It tells us that employers continue to hire. They continue to add to their payrolls during September. Uh, it moderated from late last summer, but what we've seen over the course of this year is record employment growth. We've seen that the economy's added 6.4 million jobs over the last calendar year. And as you noted, unemployment is down to 3.9%. So this is, we believe that this is, these data reflect that we've got a fairly strong labor market recovery that continues even in the, in the face of a continued pandemic. Chair Rouse, first, congratulations. This is a remarkable number. 11 million jobs available is great. And I love the fact that you're starting to get what we were hoping for minority hire, which had been had fallen apart, frankly, and that's back. And I know Jay Powell wants that. And I know you want that. I love the fact that uh, the mobility that people have to be able to get jobs. But the one thing I, I, I am concerned about is at, at what point do we have to say uh, we can't we're losing control of of Omicron in this country, uh, that perhaps we need to either do more stimulus for, say, the companies that are being hurt, or if you do more stimulus, is that going to run afoul of what Jay Powell wants to do? I am not an infectious disease expert, but what we're seeing in the data is that, yes, Omicron is more infectious, it's more transmissible, but that it causes less severe disease, and that those who are vaccinated, and particularly those who've received a booster shot, uh, have protection where they, even if they get infected, they will pass through the, you know, being sick fairly quickly. So what we're seeing with Omicron to date, again, these things change quickly, this is a pandemic, is that it's, uh, the demand is still strong for our businesses, but they're having employee absences due to exposure or infection, but those absences are shorter. So this is a new challenge for our labor market, but we see employers are trying to power through. You see the CDC has reduced the guidance on how long people need to be isolated. And I have uh, utmost confidence that while this will provide a headwind, that we, we will continue to see recovery and we will power through this, this wave as well. So then it sounds like, Chairperson Russell, that you do not think we need more stimulus to help out small businesses, because if it's going to happen that quickly, they're going to be able to make it. And we should just say that we're actually lucky that Omicron moves so fast. Well, the American Rescue Plan was designed to have some of this enduring impact of the pandemic built in. State and local governments have some remaining money. Um, other you know, there's, you know, the federal government is going to be providing um, homeowners with support for heating bills. So there are still funds available from the American Rescue Plan uh, to help address keeping our schools open, to help our businesses uh, to get through this wave. This is probably not our last wave. We know that this pandemic is, you know, it's a virus. It's going to be mutating. But I have every confidence that with each wave, we will weather through it even better, especially as more people are vaccinated, more people develop immunity and, and the virus mutates. As for inflation overall, we got some uh, pretty heady CPI estimates moving into next week. Uh, one has a seven handle uh, core. Mm -hmm. We're looking for five, four. On the other hand, um, we did take some comfort yesterday in ISM delivery times uh, down 11 points, almost nine points. It's about a nine month low. Do you think those who are predicting the peak of supply chain trouble are over their skis? 
Look, I, I have, uh, my crystal ball is just not that good. I do know that we've been focused <laughs> on, uh, uh, we've been focused on helping to ensure that our supply chains are as robust as possible with, you know, our efforts at the ports in terms of getting more truckers on the, on the road, helping to keep uh, businesses open, encouraging people back to work, helping to keep our schools open. So we are working to try to ensure that we've got the supply capacity in our economy. Um, you know, each wave is going to bring its new challenges, but, uh, you know, I'm, I am not going to make a prediction about next week's CPI number. Right, well, let's talk truckers for a second. Uh, $66,000 average for a trucker. Uh, but if they're independent, three, four truckers get together, those truck drivers can make uh, $100,000. Is there anything you can do to help the small businesses, the trucking companies that are doing everything they can to be able to make it so that we do have less friction in transportation? And, and I think you and I would agree correctly get paid for uh, what they deserve. Absolutely. And our, our, you know, Secretary Buttigieg is really focused on these issues and working with DOL, for example, they've been working to get apprenticeships stood up uh, so that uh, we can get more truckers on the road and who are qualified, reducing the backlog in commercial uh, driver's licenses, etc. So we are working to uh, both to ensure that there are qualified truckers available and also working with the trunk trucking companies so that they can ensure that this is, uh, you know, a good paying uh, you know, well-compensated occupation, which is so very important to our economic recovery. Finally, one last question on labor supply. Um, a lot of people are, did not expect great things from participation rate today, and they were, they were mostly right. And in large part, they argue, uh, because of asset prices and the number of retirements we've seen and the urgency to find a new job is lessened, they say, because stock prices, for example, are so elevated. Do you draw a line between the two? So look, we've seen record recovery in, in our labor force participation rate and our employment to population ratio over this past year. Yes, the labor force participation rate held steady for this past month, but if we look at prime age workers, we saw continued growth in employment to population. So we know that the people are coming back to work. Yes, we've seen in terms of early retirements, people uh, who are older have retired earlier. They're not coming back to work as we would normally expect. I expect that as we get to later stages of the pandemic, that some of them may come back. But some of them are retiring uh, because of health concerns. Some of it is due to the increases in their asset prices. But we also know that the virus is still a concern. And in the, in the data reported today, we continue to see those workers who uh, are not looking for work out of fear of the virus. Yeah, we're looking forward to the day where that's less of a reason uh, not, not to go back to work. Uh, Chair Rouse, a snowy White House this morning. It's good to see you. Thanks so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you. As we go to break, take a look at the bond report today. Ten year coming off the early morning highs of 177 or so, just above 175, as the jobs number does disappoint at 199K. Squawk on the Street continues after a short break. Markets mostly flattish here following the jobs number. Uh, Dow's down just 15, S&P unchanged. But uh, take a look at the NASDAQ 100 gainers as you do see some China tech come back in. Pinduoduo, Duo, Baidu, and JD.com on the list. One reminder, you can get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. Just sign up and find out more at CNBC.com slash Investing Club or, of course, use the QR code on your screen. We're back in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Within the chaos of, of tech and of software, we seem to have forgotten that med tech and, by the way, HMO managed care under tremendous pressure. Humana was at 464 at the beginning of the week. 
It's now at 360. Now, this is because they have this medical uh, advantage program of which they thought to be 325 to 375,000 people involved. Looks like now they're only going to have 150,000 to 200,000. That's a very big hit for them. I'm not used to seeing a solid blue chip health insurer like Cubana being down this heavily. One of the reasons why I have Lisa Gill on tonight, this is uh, Lisa runs the amazing healthcare conference that we'd like to go out to because of Omicron, no, uh, for JP Morgan. But this is the talk of, of the healthcare conference. Hmm. How did this happen? Uh, and, uh, you know, when you look at this, this is not some software company. This is a major conference. Yeah. I did think of you this morning because uh, Morgan Stanley cuts Medtronic to equal yes. weights on some pipeline delays, and you've been hypercritical uh, of Medtronic. I know, and I like the company so much. They're just great guys. I'm not being facetious. They're like great guys, but they're having real execution problems. And it's a shame because they have done so much to try to help uh, the actual body parts that we want to save, but they're, they're missing the mark. Uh, diabetes are missing the mark. Brain, they're not doing that well. Um, they've got to heart failure. They've got competitors. Uh, I like EW much more. Edwards Life Science doing far better. Yeah. The two other calls we didn't get to, one, um, two upgrades for CMG out of Baird and RBC um, as people watch the restaurant space. And we never really talked about the sell rating of Kohl's at UBS. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible because uh, Kohl's are kind of making a comeback. Uh, but it looks like they're talking about you know, there's going to be margin pressure. And, you know, and I look at the bed bath inventory, there is some... Uh, on the kitchen side, there's some similarities, but I think Kohl's is doing better than they did because Kohl's is, has got uh, some cos- cosmetic business from Sephora that's very good that they grabbed. Ch- Chipotle's a great opportunity. I mean, stock's down huge from almost 2,000. Uh, they've got a bunch of new uh, menu initiatives, and they're going to have good same-store sales. You usually don't see the stock down 17, 20, 25% from its high. I would buy Chipotle here. Here at 16. really like that one. Remember, they make as much money outside as they do inside. No other people have done that. And that's Brian Nickel and Jack Hartung, who are just amazing operators. I would buy Chipotle right here, right? Fly, Eagles, fly. Yes, it's a very, <laughs> very unimportant but exciting weekend. Uh, as my wife said, listen, I, is it, does, it, does the game matter? And I said, no, she said, eh, take a pass. You, Our director says, says, go Cowboys. <laughs> go Cowboys? Wait a second, that's meaningful. Go Cowboys. We'll see you tonight, Jim. There's, you know, there's long-term reper- repercussions. Go, cow- go Cowboys. <laughs> Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Jim. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.